Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. And we are continuing our series through First and Second Thessalonians, which we have called uh, Upside Down. And uh, we take that from Acts chapter 17, where the, the Christians there were accused of turning the world upside down, basically, for Jesus. And that's kind of Hopefully something, an accusation that we would uh, like to have upon ourselves. But uh, we were continuing through chapter 5 and getting into the day of the Lord um, on Sunday. And, um, you know, this is quite a, uh, this is a prevailing theme, of course, through the entire scripture, the day of the Lord. And we even looked at the idea that the second coming of Christ, I think you mentioned like over 1,800 references, one in every 25 verses. Mm actually refers to the second coming of Christ even more so than his first coming. And this idea of the day of the Lord, of course, is also a very a prevailing theme throughout throughout Scripture, probably one of the main themes that we talk about throughout Scripture. And But for, for our friends there in Thessalonica, this would have been a, quite a paradigm shift for them, you know, discussing the day of the Lord. They, you know, in the Old Testament, like the Scripture we looked at on Sunday, Amos chapter 5, verse 18, Woe to you who desire the the day of the Lord, why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. So it's totally out of their whole yeah. idea of what this day was about. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, you know, just trying to put myself in their shoes, right? So some of the Thessalonian believers um, would have been Jewish converts to Christianity uh, who lived in that Greek city, but there also would have been a fair number of pagans who uh, he mentions that actually in this letter that they were pagans who had come to God from worshiping idols. And um, I think that's important to keep in mind that uh, the Jewish believers would have been familiar with the Old Testament scriptures and the prophets. And these new believers, as they were studying the word of God, remember that this was the first letter that Paul wrote. So it's not like they had other apostolic letters. They probably had early versions of like the gospel of Mark uh, and, you know, the gospel of Matthew. But they wouldn't have had a lot of New Testament scriptures at this point. Uh, most of their study would have been in the Old Testament. So it must have been interesting for them. They're like, wait, so you said Jesus is coming back and that that's like the fulfillment of this day of the Lord thing from the Old Testament. But when we read Amos, like it says, the day of the Lord is something to be afraid of. So do we want Jesus to come back? Like maybe not, right? Um, so I think that we have to think about what the day of the Lord is. First of all, I would say the day of the Lord, it just to be very simple, is it's the day of God's intervention on earth. Um, and in general, when the prophets were speaking, remember the prophets, a lot of them came with words of warning to the people of Israel uh, to warn them that even though like in Amos, right, even though they felt like everything was okay between them and God, it was not. And Amos's job was to wake those people up and say, hey, you know, you guys are going to uh, make sacrifices and you're doing all these things. But at the same time, you're living in a way that oppresses the poor. You're living in a way that's absolutely wrong. And so don't think that just because you still go to church, so to say, that you're good with God. In other words, the whole point of Amos is a wake-up call, as it is in several of the other books of the Bible. But you can see instances where the day of the Lord is spoken of where it would be something that the people of God would look forward to it. Uh, an example of this would be like Nahum, which is written against the people of Assyria, but it's written for the people of Israel to read. And the idea there is that the day of the Lord is going to come, and it will be a day of judgment against Assyria because of the things that they have done 
against the people of God, and therefore it will be a day of judgment upon evildoers, but it will be a day of, I guess, liberation or redemption for uh, the oppressed. And so, really, that, that's how we have to understand it. So, the day of the Lord, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? That was like your whole theme for the, the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Was, uh, is it something we should look forward to or is it something we should not? And the answer to that is simply what well, completely depends on your relationship with God and where you stand with God. Uh, for some people, it is going to be something that they should um, take comfort in, they should take joy in, they should look forward to the day of the Lord. You know, as Christians, famously, the very ancient 2,000-year-old Christian saying, Maranatha, which means come quickly, mm-hmm. right? Um, we want the day of the Lord to come because we're in a right standing with God because of Jesus. But for somebody who's not, uh, the day of the Lord will be a frightening and scary thing. And Paul alludes to that in First Thessalonians. He basically says, hey, for you guys, the day of the Lord is going to be good because you're children of the light, you walk in the light, etc., but remember that it's not going to be a good day for everybody. And that knowledge shouldn't make us like pat ourselves on the back. Like, oh, cool. We're good with God. And therefore we can just be super excited about the day of the Lord. It should also fill us with a sense of trepidation that, okay, the judgment day is coming. And therefore I want to help rescue as many people as I can. And it could come at any time. And therefore there's, it needs to be a sense of urgency with which I live my life and which with which I carry out the mission of God today. Yeah, totally. And you had a you you brought up while we were discussing this. You brought up that um, parable from Luke, a parable that that from Luke chapter what was it fourteen or 16, 16 yeah. that Jesus was speaking about. Yeah, it's called the parable of the dishonest manager. I think it's one of the most uh, misunderstood or just straight up not understood parables in the Bible. Uh, I know that. Sometimes when I guest teach, I like to teach on this passage because I think once you study it and break it all down, it's a brilliant and very encouraging, very challenging parable. But it is a bit weird uh, for a lot of people when they first read it because here's this guy who apparently is ripping off his boss and he seems to be getting a pat on the back from Jesus for doing it. Um, But here's the point of the parable. It's about this guy who gets fired from his job. But he's still got a few hours left at work before the day is over. It's like his last day at work. At the end of the day, he's gone and he's not coming back. And what does he do? Well, he uses those last couple hours to make friends and to use the means that he still has available to him to prepare for his next stage in life, whatever that's going to be, and to make some friends. And if we leave it there, that's what Jesus is commending. And that's very applicable to us because here's the deal. All of us, so to say, are on the clock, right? We've only got in the big picture, you know, till the end of this work day, so to say, before we're done here on earth. And so what should we do? Well, we should be like this guy who uses the means that he has in the few hours that he has left in order to do what? Well, Number one, to prepare for his next station, but number two, to make some friends. And it says there, um, therefore use the dishonest mammon of this world so that when it fails, right at the end of this world, you can't take any money with you, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into heavenly dwellings by many friends. In other words, use the money, the time, the resources, the talents that God has given you here and now in the short time that you have left here on earth. None of us has a guarantee how much longer it's going to be. Use that to make friends and bring people into God's kingdom and to, uh, to move his kingdom forward so that when you do go to heaven, uh, you, it won't just be you going to heaven. It'll be you and uh, other people who 
are there, hopefully, uh, in large part because of how you used your resources. Totally, and that in and that was kind of the 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 theme of, of Sunday's message in chapter five of First Thessalonians that good news or bad, and that for us the day of the Lord who are in right relationship with Jesus is going to be great news, but it is going to be bad news for those who are not, and it's we're children of light to reflect that light, of course. To those and share that good news. Verse 9 For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you, you know, have missed our sermon on Sunday morning, whitefieldschurch.com, you can find there chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And uh, you can find us a podcast on Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Ring the bell, uh, Instagram, we're everywhere. And uh, we look forward to, to seeing you again next week. God bless.